And this was, in some cases, not anticipated that engineering would come with this list of solutions, this new digital core model. And so the rollout may slow down. And so you delay your benefits. You have a strong stack, you have clear solutions, but you delay your benefits because the integration with the business, with the operations is not strong enough. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders and industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Hi, Benjamin. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm looking forward to our episode. To kick it off directly, I would like to ask you if you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing. Yeah, I'm Anthony Loy. I'm working for Schneider Electric. I'm based in France. I'm in charge of our industrial digital transformation consulting practice. I've been working in the different industries over 17 years, always focused on industrial performance, industrial transformation. I've been 11 years with Schneider, different role in our own supply chain. And lately, since 2017, I was in charge of our smart factory journey, the digital transformation of our 200 factories. And I transitioned just last year to basically do the same, but now for our customers. So going through different segments and industries to transform these industries with digital solutions. In our podcast, we talk about trends, technology in the area of manufacturing. And I would like to ask you, which technology fascinates you the most currently? Yeah, I've got a couple of things and I prepared an answer which is outside of manufacturing, if you allow me. And we will come back to manufacturing because there are anyway some analogies with manufacturing. I love sport. I'm not necessarily an athlete myself, but I practice and compete once in a while. And I'm quite impressed by the level of performance that we get now in competitions from the athletes, applying science and analytics actually to uh, people's performance and training. And when you look today at how they combine, let's say, sensing, and you will see the synergies with manufacturing and industry, but sensing of blood pressure, earth rate, power, speed, GPS data, combined with then the psychology of sport and all the experience that we have on developing training and so on, we are able to improve the athlete performance and break records. And I'm a big fan, obviously, of triathlon, of tri running and so on, so long distance sports. And you can see that there is a science on building a modelization of the athlete and the modelization of the sport and to learn about how people train and develop themselves. And I think there is anyway a good transfer to the discussion that we will have because you can also consider that this is applicable to all our manufacturing assets, manufacturing operations, our operations, operators and people with who we work. And the way we apply also a combination of experience 
but also a combination of data and information to actually build a superior performance. But I really like the way it's developing in sports now, and especially with the Olympics coming next year, that would be fantastic. Yeah, super interesting. And I see a lot of analogies as well when you compare the athletes, for example, to the workforce in a factory and you have a lot of technology available. And then you really try to nail it down to a use case, which is empowering the worker and the factory, the company on the other hand side. Super interesting. Anthony, today we want to talk about digital transformations. And as someone knowledgeable about industrial digital transformations, Could you explain to me and to our listeners in simple terms what digital transformation includes from your perspective? And I'll focus first on transformation. It's first a transformation. People tend to deep dive on the digital aspect of it and speak about technologies and so on. I'd rather look at the transformation first, which will be powered by digital solutions. So for me, to state transformation from A to B of your business model, of your business performance, on the way you manage your operations. It's not necessarily just an incremental change, meaning it should be a bit of a disruptive change in terms of superior productivity, performance, and so on, which is clearly described with a clear status of what do you want to achieve? And then it will rely on technologies, applications. Usually these transformations are leveraging data-driven solutions, collaborative solutions, that allow you to take decisions faster or even further to automate decisions, to automatize some of your business processes, free up some energies, and then refocus on creating additional value in your factory, in your supply chain. Today, we want to learn more about how explicitly or especially large companies are conducting transformations and even the digital transformations, as you explained. And I know that you talk about different approaches which can be conducted to make a digital transformation happen. And we want to go through them and take a look on the pros and cons and what they mean and what they don't mean. Could you give us an overview at first, which kind of approaches you see that large corporations can conduct to make that transformation happen? My first experience was Schneider Electric own factories digital transformation. And I'll be able to cover a bit how it was orchestrated. But then I realized, working with external partners, exchanging with my peers, that there were different patterns on how these companies were orchestrating their transformation. And this was actually impacting the scale of the transformation and the business value and the business impact of the transformation. I found three patterns, and feel free to challenge me, Benjamin, but these are three patterns I'd like to share. I've seen some industries which are fairly decentralized a lot of autonomy given to the sites, to the manufacturing sites. These are especially in industries where they may have a few very large sites with a high level of competencies on sites, industries where you have a few thousands of workers on site, usually also in some capex-intensive, very asset-intensive industries. And so thanks to the high level of competency on site, they tend to delegate to the site the ownership of their full digital transformation. And they are able to achieve very important gain at the site level already, which make this type of transformation interesting. Now, we will discuss later about the pros and cons of such an approach. A second pattern that I've observed is two important roles in the company, engineering and operations. And it tends to be an engineering-driven transformation. Engineering is accountable for technology standardization and technology governance. 
And what they will do is that they will build, engineering will build a standard stack for ITOT and a standard list of solutions to address specific business case in their industry. Now, we see that in this case, engineering is accountable for the standard. And usually they are strong at building a very robust list of solutions for digital transformation. But it's a business who is accountable for the deployment of the solution and getting results. What we will observe, and we'll speak about it a bit later, there is sometimes a mismatch because engineering doesn't meet business enough and we lose momentum in the actual deployment of the solutions. In some industries, not all of them, I don't want to be generic, but this is an observation. And the last one, and this was Schneider Electric way of addressing the approach, is the creation of a program with a cross-functional team in charge of deploying use cases. So it's usually more of a C-level driven approach will be driven by the CO or the CIO together. And they will create one team with mixed competencies of business, operations, engineering, IT, and sometimes even other competencies like HRs and procurement. And the team will be in charge to deliver an additional value, not just to deliver solutions on the shop floor, but to deliver an additional value. And usually they will have a very focused scope in terms of business case and perimeter to deliver an impact. And there is also some value in this program approach where you roll out a core model, but mainly driven by the business and the impact that you want to have. Okay, so to summarize that, let's assume I'm the CEO of a manufacturing company. I have 7,000 employees. We have 10 plants around the world. And I would like to conduct a digital transformation. I want to improve my operations. I want to go the next step in improving how we work in our company. I have basically three choices, like you say. And the first one is a decentralized approach where you count on the autonomy of the different plants. Then you have all different teams, but it's a decentralized one. The second approach is you combine forces and you use the engineering team and the operations team. And they are working as two teams divided on that transformation. And the third approach is, I would, as I understand it, like a task force approach. So you try to combine different roles and different expertise from your teams and they are working on specific use cases like a task force and i have to decide as a company owner which way to go do i summarize that correctly yeah you did very well and i think the task force task force approach is clearly a right name yeah okay then i'm standing in front of a big question so what to do what do you do let's take my example yeah? and we probably can combine that example with the different approaches 7000 employees i'm working globally i have some plans I decide to go with the first one, a decentralized approach, full autonomy. Is it a good choice? What are the pros and cons? The pros, obviously, is that usually you will always find one or two sites who have a lot of agility locally to start fast. You always have a plant manager and a plant management team eager to do some transformation. You always have, let's say, some preferred sites to do transformations. I don't know, it could be, let's say, the mothership site or the latest greenfields that you have even invested in somewhere. So they may be able to go fast and very focused on very specific use cases to these sites. You will have local use cases, very much tied to your manufacturing process. Decision will be taken locally. So this can be very agile and you will work with a local partner network, build around your site. So everything is great and you'll do your first series of pilots. One thing is that 
it needs anyway to require, it needs to sustain a certain level of competency on site to be able to do that. Because the transformation is not just a three month journey. I mean, to deliver the first pilot, even for this site, if they go fast, we require already a year or two. But it's a great pilot approach. Most industry are starting this way. Now will come some limitations. And that's why most industries are moving away from this way of working. First, there are a couple of things. When you address your IT OT architecture, it cannot be a one-site-driven approach. Besides investments that have to be done cross-sites, one single site will never have the autonomy to decide of how to manage its own IT OT architecture, in particular if you start considering cybersecurity as an important aspect of how will you collect data, how will you connect your asset, where will you process the information, where will you run your analytics. And one site can pilot. But to make your architecture sustainable, this will have to be a company initiative. It makes totally sense. And I'm curious how the task force, the number three approach will handle that. So as you said, there are different kinds of speeds of execution in my decentralized approach. And as one responsible for one plant, for example, I say, okay, now I start to implement something. I want to use this and that software, but I have regulations across the whole company. So then I need to step into the IT department and ask for permission. And they say probably, hey, wait, we don't have a full concept for the whole company, right? And again, and if you do that also, you will invest three to six months educating the IT group on what you want to achieve. And this can create a bit of friction. Does it mean the different speeds of execution in my plans don't have an advantage anymore because at the end, at the IT department, I'm stuck? So you get the low-hanging fruit. Don't get me wrong by that. You get the low-hanging fruit. And usually by this approach, what you get is that you are able to demonstrate that a certain technology has value for your manufacturing site. And it's a great way of convincing everyone that the digital transformation can have a business impact. If you want to improve, let's say, your quality processes with particular analytics, for instance, if you want to empower your workforce with mobile applications and so on, and if you need to rapidly convince a certain level of management that this is the things to do, this decentralized approach will work. But you will not have also an economy of scale because you still have, you told me, 10 factories and you will want to include most of them in your transformation over the next five years. So you don't have any economy of scale if you go one by one. The second pitfall is, are you selecting partners locally who are able to work with you globally? I don't know. Imagine your headquarters in Germany. You have most of your sites in Europe, but anyway, you have a subsidiary in China and a subsidiary in Mexico. And by the way, these are latest investments that you've done in Asia and North America to go international, very big sites, very promising. So obviously, digital transformation will be top of your mind for these two sites. But you went maybe too local without screening because you let the autonomy to the site management to select with which partners they would be working on their digital transformation. And you will never duplicate sometimes. 50% of the cases, you may not be able to duplicate the solutions to another geography because the partner is not ready, because some standards are different. So that's the thing that the task force or the engineering-driven approach can help you to anticipate. Got it. So as I understand the approach number one, the decentralized one, you say it's still the one who is used most of the time, but now the trend is going down. As a CEO, I should take a look into other approaches probably. It's used most of the time because we it's an easy to go to and let's say fast way to start. It's also interesting to ask how different industries are used to orchestrate transformation. 
And whatever transformation, not necessarily the, the digital one, but other transformation, people transformation, new product introduction, supply chain orchestration, and so on. And you will see that there, there is still a fair level of decentralization on how things are done. But when you come to uh, your IT OT stack, cybersecurity, analytics, and so on, it's hard to keep a fully decentralized approach. The second approach, which is an engineering-driven one, this one is interesting. So engineering will strive to define a certain level of standardization of solutions to be rolled out across sites. Usually, what is really strong in this approach is that you have a very strong coherency in the selection of solutions. Very little overlap between solutions, strong compatibility between solutions. They will make sure also that the new solutions selected for edge connectivity, for data storage, and so on, are compatible with the rest of the enterprise. What's your legacy? You have already a SCADA system in place. You have your own ERP and so on. So usually engineering will take care of all of this. They will work with their partners to anticipate the economy of scale. So they will anticipate the rollout in across Germany, Europe, North America, and Asia. They will anticipate because that's their role. And they will put in place the right contract, the right negotiation, and so on to make it happen. So usually a strong effort on the partner selection and a strong coherency on what the approach. And usually engineering is used to work with a few sites where they are able also to do their pilots. So that helps them also to prove the value of the solution that they have selected. And is it hard to find the right location? Because I could say that if I compare that to the first approach, there I'm trying to roll it out everywhere, decentralized, and I get to know this kind of plants or locations, for example, which are fast and super interested, and then I continue to double down on them, for example. In the second approach, you say, I need to find that specific plant, but how to find the guys? I'll make something like a real management answer, and then there is a truth of what is always happening, you know? The first answer would be to find one or two sites which are really representative of your business. But you know also that When transformations are driven by engineering, sometimes some sites are too busy to transform for whatever reason. And so you may decide to go to site B rather than the right one where you should be able to test and validate all these solutions. And so you may end up testing these new solutions and your new digital core model in the wrong site, a site where it may be easy to go to, but where finally it's not representative of the other sites, where you are not able to prove the impact. And that makes that you may slow down your transformation. I have to consider that. Yeah, no, on the engineering. And the reality is that sometimes you select the site because you are used to always do transformation in this type of site. They are close to the headquarters, easy access. That's also sometimes some reasoning to deselect a site or another. But what I understand, what a big pro is, everything that I'm, which I'm building and finding out together with the team is already thought in a very scalable way. So you talked about scalability and standardization. So if I then decide to roll it out even faster, I already have the patterns. I can just continue to give it into factory after factory after factory. One thing also that engineering will be able to build is a kind of subject expertise on a particular domain. They will meet several solution vendors. They will be able to understand what is the best of breed in their industry. And these are subject matter experts that you will be able after to reuse to roll out across the different sites. So that's an interesting approach and you have to concentrate the competency on these new solutions that you are deploying. Understood. So now I have already two choices going with the first approach or the second one. On the second one, one thing, if you, if you allow me, Benjamin, there are some pitfalls. Because usually engineering doesn't own the deployment timeline. They can propose, but they cannot impose. What we are able to witness in some cases is that there is a very slow execution and rollout of all the solutions selected. 
is really opportunistic because it depends on the business leader agenda. And this was, in some cases, not anticipated that engineering would come with this list of solutions, this new digital core model. And so the rollout may slow down. And so you delay your benefits. You have a strong stack, you have clear solutions, but you delay your benefits because the integration with the business, with the operations is not strong enough. And why is that? Is it just because of bringing or getting the people along? Because we said the solution is already standardized and it's scalable. The engineering took care of it. So we just could wall it out very fast, but it's not happening, as you said. By doing that, you delay the thing that by engineering taking care of 90% of the project until you start the rollout, you delay the change management, you delay the construction of the business case at a global level, you delay the ownership of the solution and the business case by the business and the head of operations. And that's an effort that you will have anywhere to go through, but you delay it rather than doing it at the same time as when you select solutions, you decide to build the business case after the selection of solutions. So we see some industries who have already identified 10, 20 solutions, tested in lab, tested in pilots. They are on the shelves waiting for business leaders decided to roll up. And again, it's not always the case. In some industries, it works very well with support, but we see a pattern there where there is a disconnection until they decide together to build one integrated team, which leads us to the third pattern. Okay, then let's go to the third approach. So the third approach, and again, I've seen that across different industries. In the third approach, it's usually a COO-driven approach with a strong partnership with the CDO or CIO, depending on your organization. But the CEO wants to achieve a superior business performance. That's the first thing. What are the 10-point productivity I can deliver over the next two, three years? How do I cut my lead time? How do I cut my energy consumption? How do I make sure that I continue to recruit the right skills in my factories? And it's usually with a very strong intention. Then what you see is that they put together a team, as I said, engineering, IT, procurement, even HR and finance are together. And there is a bottom-up approach to do a diagnosis of what your site looks like and what's the potential of the digital transformation for your sites. And you build an aggregated business case for digital transformation. The business case will serve as a guideline for the whole team. And so they are not here to achieve the deployment of technologies only. They are here to achieve an impact on the business. And so what's interesting is that the business case will help the team also to take faster decisions and make also some trade-off. Trade-off on the selection of technologies, trade-off on the selection of sites, but that help also the whole team moving. And so it's this team which is accountable for a business impact thanks to technology. Usually, this is a future-proof approach. Because usually you have a good balance and a good dynamic within the team that allow you to build a very strong stack, something that is scalable, and the different groups like IT and so on, procurement, will make sure that it's something that can be supported long-term. So that's an interesting approach. The risk with this approach is sometimes to delay the very first results compared to the first one where you go one site and you go fast. So you need to manage anyway the, the expectations. Why is that coming to over-engineering here and there? That could be a reason from my perspective. If you pull a lot of different teams together and say, build me a solution, it could be probably the best solution, but it will take time. It could be, and it depends again of the culture of the company. So I think this is why you need to select very early a few sites 
and commit on what is the impact that you will get in the first 12 months. And not pilot, but an impact on the first 12 months. On the prerequisite, I have two things. The operational excellence system. And then there is a bit of make-or-buy approach as well. Or in some industries, I see the question of make-or-buy. Do I do it myself or do I find a solution that can fit my needs? Okay, Anthony. So I understood that there are three different approaches and we went through them. Now my question is, of course, what is the winner? Is there a specific approach winner? Should certain companies or certain industries follow one specific approach? What is your experience or your opinion on it? Some industries will stay on the first model, the decentralized one, because this is where they have all their competencies. Honestly, it's very light corporate transformation skills and so on, and they will stay there. Now, anyway, either all industries or at least for a part of the transformation program, going to a program approach. There is a matter of speed. There is a matter of consistency on the approach. And you see the biggest impact coming from your digital transformation when it's owned by the CEO. Meaning when the business commit on delivering value thanks to digital solutions. When you talk about the program approach, we talk about the task force. So that was the, the third approach. Which will have a focus scope, usually a digital core model, a few sites, and an impact expected. And the best industries actually have a task force approach over several waves. The best one have been doing that for 10 years. Three waves of three years. And you go from 10 factories, 30 factories, 100 factories, and they just roll out systematically. They extend the digital core model progressively, but these task force are actually increasing their level of competency at every waves, and you build on the previous waves. So that's a very powerful approach. Are there one or two very important requirements or prerequisites which I need to have in mind as a CEO or COO of a manufacturing company conducting one of the three approaches? Yeah, I'll focus on one is what is the level of maturity of your operations and your operating system? Because I would focus on, on the level of performance of your operating system and how standard are you already on the way you manage your operations to ensure duplicability of solutions. How do you measure your OE? How do you track your quality also across your sites? And if this is done, then your operating model is a strong lever to scale rapidly your digital transformation. Okay, so I need to take care of the majority of my operations within the company. I already learned a lot about the three different approaches to conduct digital transformations, and it was super inspiring. And as I said, a lot of new content for me, a lot of new information. I would like to come to our closing question, Anthony. And my question is, what do we envision what will happen in the next 10 years of how digital transformation itself will change. So will there be, for example, yeah, one winning approach and everybody will go in that direction or will there be new technologies that will change how digital transformations will happen? So what is your vision for the next 10 years? My vision is that there, there is a gap under creation now. The companies who have been successful already and small or large in standardizing their digital core are now focusing on the application of AI and analytics on their business processes. And they are learning a lot about how to use a data-driven approach on their maintenance activity, quality activity, performance activities, and supply chain. And they will do some iterations again. Whereas some industries are still applying the digital core model and trying to think on how to scale their digital transformation. That can create a big gap in the next five to 10 years. So there is a need 
to rapidly for most industries have a minimum IT OT stack implemented and start experimenting on top of it. Anthony, it was super inspiring to talk with you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.